Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this special episode for December of How We Read featuring Claire Hatton, the incredible Claire Hatton, who is a board member, a coach, a co-founder and a podcast host of the amazing podcast, Don't Stop Us Now, which I'm a big fan of and I recommend you go and listen to. Claire's going to be sharing the books that got her through 2021 and how she's been reading slightly differently this year. Don't forget, if you're enjoying these episodes and would like to continue hearing them in 2022, you can do so by becoming a member on the Steph's Business Bookshelf Patreon. There is a link to that in the show notes. And there's a few different membership levels where you can get all sorts of different goodies and extra bonus content. All right, let's talk to Claire. Oh, hi, Claire. Thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. And for anyone who is lacking Claire in their lives, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what's what's exciting you at the moment or what you're working on at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, that, that question is always relatively tricky to answer because I wear numerous different hats. Well, not numerous. I've got maybe three different hats. So the first thing I do is I'm a non-executive board director. So I'm on the board of Australian Pacific Holdings, which is a a luxury travel company, which is APT, Captain's Mm -hmm. Choice, Travel Marvel. As you can imagine, that's been a very interesting time. I'm about to go on another board, which hasn't been announced yet, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be announced by the time this episode comes out. The second thing I do is I run a company called Full Potential Labs. I co-founded that with Greta Thomas. Basically, it's a leadership development company working mainly with technology companies around the world. And we help them build their leadership capability. So doing lots of really interesting work across the globe, obviously all virtually at the moment, has been for a while. And then the last thing is, as you know, I co-host a podcast called Don't Stop Us Now, where we interview amazing women from around the world who are innovators, pioneers and original thinkers. Amazing. I'm amazed you have any time to read, so which we'll talk about in a moment. But that is that's awesome. And I highly recommend checking out Don't Stop Us Now, the podcast, because I have definitely taken away some really good insights from your guests and also from what you and Greta share as well. So Claire, first of all, we're going to talk about books in a moment and some of the top reads and things that you've been reading this year. How has your reading changed this year or during the pandemic or Mm. or during this this period of time in terms of what you're reading, how you're reading, when you're reading? What's the impact been for you? Yeah, well, it's it's been quite big. But I usually, outside of pandemic time, I am a big nonfiction reader. So I read a lot of business books biographies but but really business books are my are my thing I have hardly read any business books this year yeah well really really just wanting I think light relief and Mm. so I've moved to fiction the other thing that has happened is that because as I'm sure your listeners can tell from my accent (laughs) I grew up in the UK and all of my family are in the UK and usually I can go back you know once twice a year at least and I haven't been able to go back for nearly two and a half years and so I have been really wanting to sort of connect with my British roots and I've actually been reading quite a lot of history so you know I've, I've been reading things like The Constant Princess, Catherine of Aragon, Wolf Hall mm. uh, which is all about the Tudors and one of the books I want to talk to you about Victoria the Queen so that's been really interesting. And I, can, I actually only really sort of had that insight when I was thinking about 
what I was going to talk to you about. The other the other book actually that t- took me back to my British roots, but more modern roots is Girl, Woman, Other. I don't oh, know yes. If you've, if you've read yeah, that. Yeah, I read that this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, and the other thing is I've gone back to sort of books that I've been wanting to read that have sort of been in my bookshelf, but I haven't got around to reading. So Wolf Hall is one of those. I've just, I've actually just read The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. Mm. I've only ever seen the movie. Yeah. I don't know if I've read it actually. Yeah. It's yes. not one we did at school or anything. So yeah, I just think it just it's, passed it's, me by. Yeah. It's just whimsical, you know, it's just, mm. um, I think that's what we all need. Yeah. And it's really, it's really interesting. And like, you're not the first person who I've heard say, actually, I normally read nonfiction, but this year I've been much more drawn to the escapism and the light relief, even though some of the topics in some of these fiction books that we read aren't always light. Girl, Woman, Other is a a good example of that. But it's just that it's putting on a different brain part of the brain isn't it and I think that's that's really what a lot of us have needed and particularly if, as you described at the beginning some of the industries you're working with and companies you're working with at the moment have just been really really affected by the last couple of years yeah no absolutely absolutely very good so let's get into some of the books you have been reading which I'm very keen to hear about so mm-hmm. tell me about the first book that you really enjoyed and have read this year okay well so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about a couple of the non-fiction ones. Actually, I think I'm only going to go with one non-fiction one just to be representative of my year. And that non-fiction one is The Leading Edge by Holly Ransom. Have you read it? I've, it's on my list. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, she's she's a really amazing woman. We've, we've interviewed her on, on the podcast as well. And so that's why, you know, I kind of, I was introduced to the book through the podcast and then read the book as part of the mm. research and then came back to it again. And I think the reason that I love this book is because it it's not it's not information that I didn't know because I work in this field, but it's an amazing book that sort of really lays out the principles of modern leadership. And I actually haven't found another book that has really done such a good job at really being able to put those principles together. And she does it in two parts and it really resonates again because this is actually how we tend to teach, which is the part one is all about you as a leader. And she talks about mindset, method and mastery. And, you know, mindset being things like anchor to purpose and own your narrative, those kinds of things. Method being managing your energy, not your time, being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then mastery, you know, unlearn, learn and relearn and things like that. So that's the first part. And then the second part, is about leading others. And again, she does mindset method and mastery, you know, so mindset being things like motivating the collective, talking about humanistic leadership, method designing for inclusion, building the case for change, and then mastery, you know, sort of growing others to grow others. Just simple concepts, but she's a master storyteller. She really is. I mean, she's, and the great thing is, you know, Holly is in her, I think she's in her early 30s. And yep. she has been leading on a global stage since she was about 14. I know it's incredible, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> yeah, she really is. She's a powerhouse. You know, she's got I'm, stories to tell. That's why she's a master storyteller, like the, the experiences oh, that she's had. Yeah, absolutely. Huge stories. We've all got stories to tell, but she manages to put yep. them across in, in really compelling ways. And, you know, I've actually, I actually think she's going to be 
PM in the future. I'm, I'm hoping she is. Yeah, well, you heard it here first. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, it's a really, if you're looking for something to really sort of give you a summary of all the modern leadership principles, she's done a brilliant job. The reason this book came up to, into fruition is because she was studying, she's doing a Fulbright scholarship. I think it was Harvard, yeah. She was basically, she wanted to bring all of these amazing things that she was learning to everybody else and you know to to democratize them I guess and and this is this is the um, culmination of that I love that balance of the the learning and the sharing and I think there's so many books that do that really well and authors that do that really well not just of their own experiences but of others as well and being able to tell those stories I find it really interesting it was interesting you said this that there was nothing necessarily new in the book in terms of concepts because especially given you work in in that field anyway what is it about a book that doesn't teach you anything new but still makes it good like how how does an author find that balance yeah, I think, it, again, it comes back to storytelling. I think it comes back to bringing those concepts to life in new new ways. And when you are teaching, you, you're always trying to find different ways to enter a space for that individual. And mm. so having um, different stories is, is, is great for you to have in your toolkit as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something I've been thinking about this year as I've been reading more. And especially after three years of doing this podcast or almost three years, it'd be three years in January of doing the podcast. When you're reading 40, 50 books a year, you start to see a lot of the same concepts and see things that maybe it's in your field. So you know the things as well. And it's then start to, it starts to get a bit hard to be like, is this book good? Is it yeah. not? Is it just because it's nothing new? Is it, Does it make it a bad book? And you know, it's sort of really starting to challenge your own framework around what good books non particularly non-fiction books and I think so much of it which is interesting you touched on this and someone else who I talked to this morning which may or may not have gone out by the time this one goes out also comes back to the structure of the book and how important the structure is to actually framing ideas in a different way or being able to put them across and tell the stories in a different way as well yeah totally totally you you actually said something that that made me think then because I think we do have to be careful about loving books that just make us feel better because they're things we already know there is that kind of you you do need books to be also challenging absolutely Um, and yeah maybe there's a there's a, a real push for more yeah and I think that's the thing that's certainly something I've noticed this year is it's books which I think then takes you beyond your normal authors and normal genres and stuff as well which is quite exciting it means you can find new connections and links to things as well so I'm certainly going to be pushing that I think into next year and reading beyond some of the genres and topics that I normally do as well for that very reason yeah great very good tell me then about the the next book that you really love this year okay well this is this is a real standout for me and Mm. I I really didn't think it was going to be. And it's Victoria the Queen by Julia Baird. And, you know, this book is like a doorstop. It's huge. And it, and that's why I was a bit intimidated by it. But it is just a brilliant read. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating. And Julia Baird actually went over to the UK and spent months and months and months researching this. And she found unpublished papers that are a big part of, of this story. So this is a story wow. that's not really been told before. And it's just this, you, you just think to yourself, what a woman she was. I mean, she, what a mm. formidable woman. I don't know if you know much about her. 
well from from history lessons at school but that's really as far as it it goes but certainly history was always one of my favorite subjects at school and particularly the the you know everything back to the Tudors and things like that and and certainly Victorian times is always a, a favorite topic so but yeah it's not something I'm not someone I've particularly read into since then because yeah. never really it's- had a trigger to do so well, that's, that's fascinating because I actually, I didn't study Queen Victoria in history at school. Oh, really? And I, we took, we did the Russian Revolution, but we never did Queen Victoria. But anyway, she was fifth in line for the throne. So a bit like our current queen wasn't really meant to be queen and became queen at 18 years old in 1837, which was really a time where, you know, women were mostly powerless and she became the ruler of the most powerful nation in the world. She had over 400 million subjects at one point, and she, she reigned for 64 years. Now, obviously, Queen Elizabeth has taken over that, but what an incredible story, had nine children. And it turns out that she was just, you know, she was just a very strong decision maker, and she knew who she was. Not to say that she didn't struggle with all the things that we all struggle with, like self-doubt and finding her identity and um, searching for meaning and all of those things. But she just was an incredible role model. And I think the reason I really love it is because, you know, what Don't Stop Us Now is all about celebrating amazing women leaders as role models. And, you know, Queen Victoria was actually probably one of the most incredible of her time she or if you could get anyone dead or alive on the podcast is she now your dream guest oh she'd be pretty I mean she'd be really scary though <laughs> yeah you know, yeah she especially was, later on yeah I don't think she was the nicest of people so I'm not no yeah, that's the I'm only not, bit I remember from history yeah I'm not sure I think I'd be scared but but yes how <laughs> awesome would it be yeah right, Greta get, can lead that one you know you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah she'd be a test she would oh be very good I started reading last year and I wish I'd finished it. And I think this conversation might spur me to actually over the summer break when I take a few weeks off to go back to it. There was a book called The Time Traveller's Guide to Medieval England, which is this one. And it was just such a, I only got a few really sort of a chapter or so in, but it was so interesting. And again, written by a historian, which I think I don't read a lot of books by historians. I think Walter Isaacson is probably the closest I've got. And again, he's probably sitting on the fence between journalism and historian kind of in his his approach and researcher really as well but this book it was just so interesting just because it's such a completely different time but also like you said about Queen Victoria so many parallels into all the problems and the challenges and when you even think back to kind of the Stoics and the Roman era and all of those types of things the things they were struggling with it's, it's sort of amazing like yes the technology has changed and yes society has moved on or changed slightly but all of the same internal struggles are happening just on a maybe a different context and maybe a slightly different scale for some in some cases yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I've I've really started to get into history it's funny isn't it I, maybe as you get mm. older you are more inclined to look back <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe very good all right tell me a little bit about the third book that you would like to share and talk about that has made an impact on you this year yeah so this is another this is a, another biography well Victoria the Queen obviously isn't a biography. This is an autobiography, sorry. The Happiest Man on Earth by Eddie Jacku. So many people have been raving about this one. 
Have you read it? I've got it on Audible ready to listen to, oh, which I don't, and I don't listen to, I don't really listen to audiobooks, which is why it hasn't quite been touched yet. Got you. I think you need to go out and buy this one, Steph. Mm. It's one of those ones. It's really, it'll take you maybe two hours, three mm. hours at the max. Challenge accepted. I think it's one of those ones that you just want to have in your bookshelf so you can go mm. back and go, mm, there was that, that point there. And he... It's a bit like Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Man's Meaning. Search yeah. for Meaning. It's a bit mm. like that. So Eddie Jacku was an Auschwitz survivor and he literally has just passed away, I think, in the last month at a, a hundred, I think he was. Just what an amazing man. It's his it, the book is just full of love and hopefulness and kindness and humanity. And that's what the world needs. And it mm. is just it's just beautiful. I mean, he basically says life can be beautiful if you make it beautiful. It's up to you. And that it's just it's all about actually you do have the choice to make it beautiful. And from someone who had a lot of choice taken away from him, obviously, during a period of time, that's a pretty big statement. It's a huge statement. Yeah, it, it's you know, it's based on he really does talk about the detail of the just revolting terrible injustice time that he had and all of the hardship yet he was he still found hope as he went through it I think it's just a a lesson for all of us whenever we're feeling down or hard done by read that book and it'll it'll immediately give you the pep talk that you need well and the perspective I think as well and whilst I know comparative suffering is a bit of a no-go or a bit of a faux pas when it comes to empathy misses and things I think I don't know. I just, I still think that a good dose of perspective sometimes can't be beaten. No, absolutely. It's just full of beautiful lessons though. It's just, Mm. uh, and and again, you know, they're not things that you don't know. They're just reminders. All the more powerful, I think, for coming from someone who's been through what they've been through rather than platitude. You know, those things can be very platitude if they come from someone who is hugely privileged or it feels like they've never actually lived those particular things to actually have come up with those perspectives themselves they're kind of repeating what they've heard from other people whereas someone who's been through something like that it kind of gives you the the sense that well you've you've tested that you've tested that that perspective or that particular idea or mindset yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah it's and it seems like he really lived until he did not live in yes, terms of, absolutely. Yeah, his, his life and the way that's he then lived. It. He li- he certainly lived life to the full, and uh, that's one that's one of my mantras. So uh, I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's why I particularly resonated with it. Yeah, it sounds like completely yeah. up my street as well. Yeah. Thank you, Claire. Any Pleasure. any any honourable mentions? Anything else you were really torn about including that you wanted to you wanted to mention? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I had, I wrote down <laughs> all the books I I read this year, and I actually did read quite a lot. So a couple of honourable mentions, Where the Crawdads Sing Mm. by Delia Owens. This is her first book. I think she was 74 when she wrote. I didn't know that. I've seen so many people raving about that one as well. But again, I didn't I didn't know that at all. It's so beautifully written. It's you can just you can just be there viscerally. It's just Mm. it's brilliant. Another one, which is history, was Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister. And this is about the Soong sisters who um, were very, very instrumental in Chinese history. Oh, wow. So okay. they, one sister was married to Sun Yat-sen, who was the, the vice chair to Mao. The second sister was married to Chiang Kai-shek, 
who rebelled and actually set, started Taiwan. Taiwan wow. became independent. And the third sister was an advisor to Chiang Kai-shek, um, but was one of the richest women in China. And it's sort of all the behind the scenes stuff that went on. And it's written by the woman, Jung Chang, who wrote Wild Swans. Right. Okay. I was about to ask you, yeah, was it written by one of them or was it written by someone else? No, no, it was, yeah. it's written, written by one of uh, somebody else. And, and then uh, my- in collaborate, in collaboration with them or their families or just from no. the, from the, from the records kind of thing. From yeah. the records. And so I suspect, you know, there's a mix of a good dabble of fiction. Um, I'm sure. And yeah. Yeah. Fiction, but it's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then the last one actually is another Julia Baird book and it, it just makes me think how much we just need to get her on the podcast. Mm. Been trying. She <laughs> yeah. actually lives in where I live. Go and knock, knock on the door with a microphone. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, almost have. And that's Phosphorescence, which, you know, is it's a really nice book. It's actually my most gifted book this year. Interesting. Yeah, I've had a, a lot of people recommend that. There's something about it putting me, put, something about it putting me off. And I think... It sounds to me like it's on the woo-woo spectrum, which I have a slight allergy to, but I don't know if that's true or if it's just a perception that I have. No, I don't feel like it's woo-woo. It's not woo-woo. It okay. is a bit meandering. It's a bit meandering. It really resonated with me because she talks a lot about swimming in the ocean and I'm an ocean swimmer and I do the swim mm. that she does between Manly and Shelley Beach. And so, but there's something in it for everyone yeah I, I really enjoyed it really enjoyed it right. she shares quite a lot of her she she's been through this is her second bout of cancer so she's you know she's gone through some fairly challenging time mm. so. all right I'm going to resolve this and I'm going to read it what do you think <laughs> I, I I think I the one the one downside to it is is it is a bit meandering towards the end but if you can sort of hold that and yeah I will give it a go. I've been going away from these episodes with a lot more to read, which is not what I need in my life, but also very grateful for. <laughs> I always, it's always good to have, you know, lots of things to pick from. That's what I like is variety. Yeah. So and, Steph, can I ask you a question? Of course. So having heard what I've said are my top picks for the year, what do you think I should be reading? I think given what you've said about the, what you liked about the Eddie Jacku book and also around some of the, the things that you've been thinking about this year and, and why you, you, know, you wanted that escapism and things like that as well. This might not give you escapism, but it's certainly existential and it might give a little bit of an extra challenge, which is 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. Mm, if you haven't already read that one. Yeah, and he came out either end of August or September. It's quite new, so it was out this year. And he was a, or I don't know if he still does it, but he was a Guardian columnist and has done lots of other writing. He's a, a British as well. And it's just, it, this was my book of the year as well, so I'm probably biased because it's I'm just recommending it to everyone. But it's really about how to spend life. And I think we probably, I think we have quite similar life mantras around living to the full and without regret and all of those types of things. So this is very much around, we only get, a, you know, he calls it an insult short amount of time on earth yep. which is roughly 4,000 weeks and again obviously there's you know people get know, more people get less hideous to think that isn't it it's I know like, I know oh but and it's about how to spend that and it's not in a time management way so you won't go 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 away from it with a load of hacks of what to do it's really about rethinking life and I think from a mortality perspective and I think from a existential perspective and I think from a purpose and meaning and all of those different perspectives for me that it just ticks so many boxes and just did it in a really beautiful way as well because he and I do have a general bias towards books written by journalists and this is this is a good example of that in terms of the style of writing and stuff as well okay great okay hmm. I'll put that on my on my list 
That's excellent. Well, thank you so much, Claire. And one last question, actually, on that, while you're talking about the, the your travel and things, or there's been not as much, obviously, travel this year, has how you have read changed rather than what you've read? Have you were you previously a e-reader or an audiobook person? You've been gone gone back to hard copy. How have you? How has how you have read changed? Um, if it has. Yeah, because I've been at home, I've been reading more hard copy, you know, actual copies mm. of books. Mm-hmm. And whereas when I'm traveling, I would usually read through an e-reader through a mm-hmm. kindle is my usual preference but i actually generally prefer a real book i feel i like holding it yeah but you know i'm also a techie yeah <laughs> I, go, I go with the times but because mm-hmm. i've not been anywhere it's been it's been the actual book yeah it's nice to have that tangible tangible book experience isn't it it certainly is certainly very is. good well thank you so much Claire I know you've got a lot on before you head off on your your big trip so thank you so much uh, really appreciate this and I've definitely taken some some notes and some ideas away as well we will put a link to all of the books that Claire has mentioned including the honorable mentions and things like that in the show notes and Claire where's the best pe- pe- where is the best place for people to find out more about you your work or, or connect with you so there's probably two places first is I'd love for everybody to go to don'tstopusnow.co and mm-hmm. and have a look at the the podcast or or have a look on your preferred um podcast platform and the second place is linkedin just search claire hatton c-l-a-i-r-e hatton and uh, <laughs> and you'll find me perfect and i'll put those links in the show notes as well if you want to come back to that so thanks again claire and look forward to seeing what you read next year awesome thanks steph thanks for everything you do thanks <laughs> <laughs>